Well, welcome to the Trumpet Call. We are mobilizing warriors for the spiritual battle. I'm your host, John Martin, and we are here with Ron Mahler, who is at the Great Lakes in Chicago. And you, Ron, you train insiders, you're training your son-in-law, you've trained many others on being insiders to advance the gospel in their own context, making disciples. So thanks so much for all of you who are tuning in. Thanks, Ron, for joining us. We're talking about the second mark of a disciple maker. So if somebody wanted to make disciples, the first thing in their life they'd need to have is a passion to know, love, and become like Christ. But the second one, which flows right is, you know, right in line with that is to know, knowing and living the scriptures. And so, Ron, um, I'm excited to hear your wisdom today as we talk about that. But how have, over the years, the passage on that is our beloved Second uh, Timothy 3.16 and 17, all scriptures inspired by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So, Ron, off the cuff, how have you developed that over the years? Well, some years ago, I became really fascinated with the fact that there are only a few things that are eternal in their nature and their value. And the Word of God is one of those things. It's I heard the, the God and our relationship with Him, the Word of God, and people. <laughs> those are the things that are eternal. And so, um, because the Word of God Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. And it just, to me, made that in much more valuable to uh, get to know it and to understand it. But then just before we came on Navigator Staff, which is over 42 years ago, we were attending a church, and the pastor there just really knew the scriptures. Any question you ask, he had a Bible verse for it. And so I asked him what his secret was. He said, well... Uh, about 40 years before that, so now over 80 years ago, his pastor challenged him to read the Bible every year. And he said he had stuck with that plan. So I'm the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And and thankfully, I've had a number of other people commit to doing that same process, mm-hmm. but just getting to know the Bible. Uh, wow. To me, it's it's partly to keep reviewing it. It's partly to know it better, but it's mostly to be able to listen to God as I go through the scripture so that I kind of listen throughout the, you know, the whole Bible. Um, I like Romans 15, four, where it says everything written in the past was written for our instruction so that we, through the perseverance and consolation of the scriptures might have hope. So that refers back to the the Old Testament, which has become my favorite part of the Bible. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's exciting even to think about. Um, you know, I think most of most people I've met would say, you know, if, I mean, even if somebody's going to get in the quiet time immediately, hey, why don't you start in John? Hey, why don't you, you know, and you might go to the Psalms. I think those are great, but those seem sometimes like New Testament <laughs> passages in the Old Testament kind of snuck in there or something. So what what is cultivate? I mean, how have you cultivated just a love for the Old Testament and how has that helped you in your walk with God? Well, if you look at the New Testament, how many people do you really get to know well? You get to know Jesus and Paul and Peter, maybe, and John. You know, 
you can count practically on one hand everybody that you really get to know well. Mm-hmm. The Old Testament is full of people that you get to know well. And their message comes to us in the form of story. And it's usually not preachy stories. It's just stories that explain the choices they made and the outcome of those choices. And so I have found that to be uh, enjoyable and you know, you can always find more to learn from those situations and those stories. Ron, I'd love to hear, you had said one of your other passages that was near and dear to your soul was Isaiah 50, verse 4. Could you talk about that? Uh, yes. Isaiah 50, verse 4 in the uh, uh, New American says, the, the sovereign Lord has given me the tongue of a disciple, that I may sustain a weary one with a word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple or one being taught. And he, uh, I like that passage because it talks about uh, a morning by morning relationship with God. Um, and also to hear a word from him, not just for me, but for the weary ones around me. And it says he awakens me morning by morning to listen, to be a disciple to be taught, and then be ready to pass that on to somebody else. I was thinking about that. You you talk about a disciple. We're talking about a disciple who's awakened morning by morning to hear from the Lord, but then also to sustain the, pe- to sustain the weary people around them, and then to think about Ezra who prepared, or mine says set, set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and then to teach it. And yes. so that sounds similar to that pattern mm-hmm. in Isaiah 50, verse 4. We talked a little bit about, uh, you know, ha- developing the habit of reading through the Bible or a plan for it. And um, there's just under 1,200 ch- uh, chapters in the Bible. So it's fairly easy to just say, okay, if I read 100 chapters a month, I can get through it in a year. And there's lots of different uh, choices of lots of different ways to do that. I've uh, done a whole variety of plans, uh, but uh, one of the one of the ways is to do the a chronological Bible. That's an interesting way to see where the books fit together and develop a better understanding of the timeline of the Bible um, and how, which books kind of go come along outside each other. I've just been doing a study in Ezra and uh, look to, to see that. Haggai and Zechariah are talked about in the book of Ezra. They're contemporaries. And they um, actually, Haggai and Zechariah are just before Ezra comes back to Jerusalem. And they were called upon by by God to get uh, the, the people that had returned from Babylon back to work, rebuilding the temple and rebuilding the the people of God (laughs) as a uh, people through whom the Messiah would come. So in the plan of that, the reading a hundred chapters. So if you break down the Bible, it's 1200 chapters a year, hundred chapters a month, 25 chapters a week. And then it's a pretty easy, um, go through on that. Um, if you're a couple extra weeks, so so you only have to read 24 chapters a week. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> right. But you said you stay ahead. Most people I know, they're, you know, when I hear about Bible reading plans, often what I, what I see and hear uh, is somebody is like, like, hey, man, I, I want to hang out with you, but I actually got to catch up on my Bible reading, you know, or like, oh, yeah, I've missed three days. So I got to read like 300 chapters of the Bible this week, you know, and you're just like, well, <laughs> but you stay ahead. Well, yeah, I try to. I just um, I get involved in the story and, you know, um, it, it's just more comfortable to be ahead than behind. Yeah. Um, but I also think there are times when things happen in your life. I just got back from a trip and, you know, that always takes extra time. So I, I plan in some catch up time. But also there's times when you just have to declare yourself caught up. Mm -hmm. In Romans 14, 16. Paul said, don't let that which you, you know to be good be spoken of as evil. And so often when we get behind or we, you know, fall short on commitments, or we, Satan starts accusing us. Uh, Revelation 12 says the accuser of the brethren accuses us before God day and night. Mm -hmm. And so he wants to make us feel guilty about falling short on our reading rather than enjoy the fact that, hey, we're reading through the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's times when you just have to say, okay, I'm starting again here, <laughs> you know, right. I declare myself caught up. I'm not behind anymore. I'm just reading on from this point so that I can enjoy it and enjoy what God has to say to me. There are some parts of the Bible that are more challenging to read. I happen to be reading in, in Leviticus right now. <laughs> I'm actually almost done with it. So, <laughs> But I'm reading in the early chapters just about the sacrifices and went on and on and on. But I began to notice that at the end of several chapters, at the end of the instruction about those sacrifices, it says, do this so you won't die. Hmm. And then in chapter 10, um, Aaron's sons, two of Aaron's sons, offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, and fire came out from the presence of the Lord and killed them. They were struck dead on the spot. Uh, they, I just realized that God had said, "Take me seriously." Right. You know, don't, don't, don't just kind of blow over this thing. And and the example was right there. I mean, he said, "Dear this this." Do it this way so you don't die. And they didn't do it that way, and they died. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty simple math right there. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we think, oh, well, that's just Old Testament. But in the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira tried to lie to, about their uh, their giving and, you know, tried to uh, pass themselves off as being something they weren't, and they died. So mm. it isn't like, you know, God uh, quit uh, bringing judgment when Jesus came, that certainly there's grace, and I'm so grateful for that because I'm a sinner like anybody else. Hmm. But <laughs> but it just challenged me to take God seriously. Right. Yeah, Ron. How have you? How has the Bible become more and more dear to you as you've read it over and over throughout the years? Well, I think that there's a familiarity to it. There's also uh, a review as you read certain passages that have spoken to the past. There's a reminder of what they they had to say. I get to review those things. Uh, there's a lot of passages that I associate with 
um, dear friends that like uh, Bob Boardman, who was a uh, Marine in World War II and then was a missionary in Japan. And he really taught me a lot about Bible study and there's um, doing deep and meaningful Bible study. And so uh, when I hit Second Timothy, that was one of the ones he taught or Proverbs 2 or various things. Bob Boardman comes to mind because, mm. you know, he so indelibly helped me understand that those passages in a deeper way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Richard Gregory on Ephesians and just the, anyway, there's several people that come to mind as I hit certain passages. So, so say, uh, Ron, uh, you know, I'm just starting out. I really I'm around a community of people and they all seem to know the word super well. And I feel like I'm the new guy in the block. I don't really know the word as well as all these other guys. Where do I start? How do I how do I how do I get to be? somebody who just knows not not knows the bible and is just super smart only but really has heard god really knows god well because i know the scriptures well in um hebrews chapter one it starts off in the past god spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times in various ways but in these last days he has spoken us through his son whom we appointed heir heir of all things through whom he created the worlds So the issue is understanding that it is God who has spoken and learning to listen to his voice, learning to hear him, see him, understand his ways, um, figure out what he says about himself in the Bible rather than what other people are saying about God and listening to that. And I think that's a process. And so I always tend to read unless I'm doing the chronological Bible, some of the old and some of the new, mm-hmm. so that I'm, I've got both this God speaking in the past and not ignoring that, but also God speaking through Jesus in the New Testament and in the present. I also think that in um, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 12 to 14, he says, uh, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. The, the, this Having the spirit of God as our interpreter, as our teacher, as our guide, uh, all of that is one of the essentials. And I think if any time I feel like I'm only just reading a book, <laughs> mm-hmm. I re- pray a, a, a prayer like Psalm 119, 18 which says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things from your law. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. It's exciting to think about um, a whole army, a whole uh, military, spiritual military of men and women of all the nations who know God super well, know the scriptures super well, have it. You know, uh, I think I remember reading in Dawes, just the image of Psalm 45 and this sword strapped to their thigh, just ready at the moment's notice with the word. What would you say are some other hangups that you've seen people get into when they're trying to get into scriptures? Well, I think that uh, reading the Bible is a habit and habits have to be built. You know, you don't just start today and have a habit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And to, you know, to build a new habit, you have to carve out time for it. And so that means that you've got to 
take away from something else in order to have time for this to happen. And so you have to figure out what you're not going to do in order to have time for what to do this if you value it enough to follow through on it. Does that make sense? And it takes it takes a month at least to build a habit. Okay. So if I'm gonna if I wanna if I'm gonna start reading the scriptures I need to think, okay, if I haven't done this for a straight month, then that that's like that's my minimum amount of time that I need to start trying to be automatic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, that makes great sense. And that would be a hang up that you see is that people try and mm-hmm. think like, Oh, I got up to, I got up this morning or they try things that aren't sustainable. Is that another thing you've seen or Right. Mm-hmm. We had talked before about people right. doing some of these ninety day Bible plans, which is great. Uh-huh. But that's not necessarily something that they after 40 years they said yeah i've read the bible 120 times yeah. <laughs> well i like i said i think that uh reading the bible every year is very sustainable and i think especially if you're uh, um, a navigator staff so you know ministry is a primary part of our our day um that knowing the scriptures well should be a big part of it hmm. I think also there's some places where you can kind of skim over or read more rapidly, uh, like when you get into the genealogies. But um, there are fewer of those than you imagine. So uh, last question uh, before we wrap things up would be, what fruit can a disciple expect as they just get in the Word, as they start reading through the Scriptures once a year? and start doing this as a habit in their life? Well, I think that you just have a greater freedom to communicate and have more to draw on, for more for the Holy Spirit to draw on. That was what Dawson really uh, encouraged the sailors he was working with in the beginning of the Navigator ministry. He said that when you have Scripture memorized and when you know Scripture— says that the Spirit of God can pull an arrow from your quiver and (laughs) aim it at the heart of a person. Hmm. And so the more we know the Scripture, and in both ways, um, the more we are available to be used by Him. And I think back to that Isaiah 50 verse 4, particularly to be able to sustain a weary one with a word. A word that's fresh, a word that God has spoken to us, mm-hmm. given for us, but also to pass on to the weary ones around us. Right. You know anybody that's weary, John? Oh, yeah. I know plenty of people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that's that would be the uh, majority of people that I meet as weary and anxious. Yeah. Weary, anxious, and angry, probably. Uh-huh. So... Well, yeah, this is great, Ron. Do you have any last um, thoughts or anything you wanted to cover that maybe I didn't ask about? Uh, not off the I'm sure I'll think of it later. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ron, so much for joining us. And uh, thank you to all of you who tuned in. Uh, so grateful to be a generation of and generations of men and women of all the nations who know and live the scripture in making the not only in making disciple makers but just in loving jesus christ and knowing how to interpret the times so ron thanks for your wisdom so grateful to you and we'll see you next time 
Thanks, John.